broadcasting live from the Zimmer Communications World Headquarters. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Get ready, pal. Missouri. I'm Stephanie Bell. I am joined by Trey Fauche. Hello. Trey is president of the Missouri College Republicans. That is correct. Awesome. And we've got producer Hannah. Oh, hello. Who had turned her mic off <laughs> yeah. to munch on some nerd clusters. Yep. Like I, the rest of us. You know, that's my karma for making fun of you guys for forgetting <laughs> to turn yours on. So I'll take it. And of course, we've got uh, John Marsh in the house. Good morning. Now, John, can you explain to me, we've got some big state news out today. I think late yesterday, we kind of heard from Sarah Unsicker, who had been removed from all of her committees, that she is now dropping out of the AG's race. Um I, Things happened so quickly over the last week with her. It's been really hard to follow. Can you catch me up? Everything from what? Alt-right trolls and drinking basil lemonade with all that. That Now she's announced that she's dropped out of the uh, AG's race in Missouri. And uh, some kind of weird speculation online that her rival in the Democratic primary, Elad Gross, and his wife... And Republican candidate Will Sharp, who all happen to be Jewish, are foreign agents for the for the nation of Israel, and she's pulling out and has all these allegations that she received credible allegations regarding foreign interference in elections in Missouri, and tries to tie them to the Israelis doing stuff behind the scenes. I don't know where she's coming from on this one. Which seems strange because people's initial beef with her was you're hanging out with a conspiracy theorist, somebody who believes false things and who's crazy. And her thing was, well, like, I can sit down with people I disagree with and have a conversation. And I think that's a fair thing. I think people said, we want you to say that that guy's no good. And she refused to do that and refused to apologize. But then, so on top of that, though, she's now spewing her own conspiracy theories. Because not only this, like, all my opponents are foreign agents, she was also, I think, in her, her thing about the original you know, cup of tea, she was saying stuff like, I don't believe um, former Auditor Schweik's uh, suicide was a suicide, and then something else about a former representative, Cora Faith Walker. So she's been just this whole week, like, just throwing out conspiracy theories, and folks are like, whoa, 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 like, where? Well, she forwarded uh, her letter and her recommendations to Jay Ashcroft's office and said that Gross should be pursued for failing to register as a, as a foreign agent. I mean, she has... Um, 
she's had a tough week i think <laughs> and i would say going in, going into the race and i don't again this is a lot of details we just don't know and it's very complex and and um you know john's done a good job kind of summarizing it i thought she was kind of the front runner in the democratic primary going into that even though gross is well known and elod has run before and his um i've i've seen him actually litigate cases in the courtroom involved uh, when he had taken a case I, when he sued the former attorney general josh hawley um pretty low key up until this uh, i've been at, you know around her at a lot of capital hearings and member of the budget committee um you know she there's one representative from uh carrie engel from over in lee summit that has called for her to be basically be booted out of the the democratic caucus but i think it's important to note she was already term limited and is term limited anyway so she can't run again for the house um but you know we'll see we'll see what happens there but yeah i we'll see that's all Kind of. And do you have any other familiarity with her as a as a representative? I mean, because she just seems like with all these conspiracy theories, she seems just like an unreasonable person. But up until this last week, I didn't have that impression of her. No, I, I've you know, like I said, she very quiet. I've been you know for years. I you know was I covered the Missouri House. I don't remember her getting up to speak very often. Occasionally, I would quote, I would quote her. Her her issues were primarily that she focused on were children's issues. Um, really don't remember her talking about you know attorney general race or anything like that uh education was a priority kind of a low-key member but i i was looking the other day actually yesterday for a picture of jim schulte for a story i'm working on that i've I've got up i've been running about i-70 and was going through looking for a picture of schulte and just recently is is this past session leader quaid she was standing right next to leader quaid at several press conferences so kind of you know well respected in the caucus up until then so no i i and you know i've heard a couple of the guest hosts have said she was um i'm trying to remember what socially awkward um (laughs) uh, you know i up up until up until this i really i i didn't uh i never experienced that but again she like a lot of lawmakers some get up to talk on the floor i just don't remember her giving very many floor speeches when i covered the house well, and we're also getting word of this new Freedom Caucus. Trey, what are your thoughts on how the um, reemergence of the Conservative Caucus as the con- as the Freedom Caucus bodes for the 2024 legislative session? You know, this session's going to be one to follow for sure. We got almost half the Senate, I think between a third and a half of the Senate, are running either for re-election or running for higher office. So it's hard to see a scenario where the Senate actually puts personalities aside and gets stuff done this session i'm i'm predicting it'll be very similar to last session last session they they just almost made it to legislative spring break before the senate kind of imploded for lack of a better term like a submarine yeah if yesterday's twitter is any indication uh we're off to some pretty significant fireworks pretty early yeah and it'll be interesting to see um especially given who's on the senate um or not that's not just the senate it's the state freedom caucus there are some house members in there like uh mazzy christensen mm-hmm. formerly mazzy boyd the it's really interesting to see who's in who's out of that caucus mike moon was notoriously absent from the picture um along with a couple other notoriously 
farther conservative members. Mm -hmm. So we are watching that, and I'm sure that will continue to evolve as we prepare for a legislative session. Now, we have a meeting going on in Columbia today. The Mizzou uh, curators are meeting, and I want from two recently former and still current, I guess, Trey, Mizzou students. Is tomorrow the last day of finals? No, today. Oh, today. Oh, Feel good Friday. Yay. Oh, why tomorrow, Saturday. Duh, Stephanie. Um, But yeah, well, that's got to feel good, wrapping up final season. Absolutely. All right. But do you guys ever, I mean, do you hear pushback from the students? Because you have gotten, you know, an increase in um, tuition every year. And and I've seen some criticism. We talked about um, there was a Missouri Independent article about how much Moon Choi has gotten a raise and all that. And now, you know, every time I see the the information about stadium improvements, people note that there's been some really significant improvements to athletic facilities over the last, you know, five or six years. And some of that is fundraising dollars and all of that. But I think still, when you're looking at spending on campus, knowing that you're also increasing your uh, tuition on students, certainly there's there's got to be some consternation among the student population. Well, and Brian, maybe you'd know the answer to this one. Would the stadium improvement plan come out of the athletics budget? It's my understanding. And we, I, it's my understanding if there wouldn't get done till 2026. Um, but a lot of the details we still don't know, uh, as far, as far as that, but generally speaking, the, you know, the athletic department is, you know, they, they basically, it's, it pays for itself in in many ways because of the money that, that comes in. Um, yeah, I I believe it was, uh, coach Drinkwitz calls the, no, it's not Drinkwitz. It's Munchoy himself yes. actually calls the athletics department the front porch to the university. It brings in these big dollar donations. Well, it does. And, and, and a lot of people feel that way. And with CBS and ESPN, all those national broadcasts brought a lot of exposure and stuff to town. So, but yeah. I under, people do get mad when they see about the salaries and stuff. I certainly have heard that from some listeners. There's two, two points I'd like to make about what you guys have just talked about. Number one, the MU practice facility that that you drive by and you can't miss it when you go up. If you're coming up the hill from the, the research, from the well, it'd be the research reactor. Coming up the hill, it'd be off to the right. The MU practice facility, it's called the Stevens facility. I'm, I don't have my notes in front of me. I've written numerous stories on it. I want to say it was $33 million, 32 or $33 million. That was entirely funded by donations, and I know wow. people. But, but it was, and people people stepped up. The previous facility was is over, was over across the road. That was, I want to say, a seventy yard facility. This is a hundred yards, but that was absolutely funded by donations for sure. And then I saw that article about Choi, and people have talked about him. What absolutely has to be pointed out if we're going to say this stuff about Choi. Let's put some context in it that not only is he the UM system president, he is also the Mizzou chancellor. Yeah. Those are two literally full-time jobs. And I rare, I, I implore people if we're going to, I mean, because if, if, if he, if he were to give up one, they'd have to go hire a, a chancellor and you're talking about big, big money for that person. So, um, but I rarely, I just see people say a salary and stuff, but they don't point out that he, that he has two jobs again context folks and and in academia how rare is it to see people rewarded for merit and like really you know if you're doing a really good job yes you should get a pay raise and i don't think anyone would contest right now that moon Choi is not just doing a fantastic job so i think it was really i I found it very bizarre the article that was it almost read like a hit piece and it's like at this point who would disagree that this guy doesn't probably deserve a bigger raise than he's already gotten well the lawmakers certainly on the republican side and i've really haven't heard too much on the democratic side they're kind of irked a little bit about the uh 
transgender issue, but he said he was following the attorney general and the the law, whatever. But the the the, the criticism that we have heard from Dr. Choi has been from faculty members that, that you've probably be Trey, your student. Um, there's been some criticism. Um, I, I remember covering a ready board meeting. This was this past year. It was over at the at Roy Blunt and there were some, the Roy Blunt facility. And there were some, some, I want to say it had to do with masks. Uh, they were outside. So they were some of yeah. the students as well, but they were actually protesting during, it wasn't anything nasty, but they, they were, they wanted Moon Choi to do more about masks. Correct. That's one of the, that was one of the first issues I really got involved in in campus politics, actually. The, um, it was my freshman year and we were coming in off of COVID and the board of curators had voted to take away the mask requirement on campus, which I was very excited about because I was sick to death of wearing these things. But, um, President Choi, actually, if I, if I recall correctly, and forgive me, I don't have any notes in front of me on this. The, um, President Choi actually recommended we keep them for another three months to make sure that we're within a safe kind of level. And the board overruled him on that. So they, they were not necessarily protesting President Choi. They were protesting more the board of curators. I got it. Uh, and a couple of them, I think, were misinformed because they were mentioning him. A couple of them were mentioning him, but you're absolutely gotcha. right. Very good. Very good point. Good good point, Trey. All right. Coming up next, I know so many Wake Up family members are officially now Swifties. And Taylor is uh, benefiting Missouri. So we'll have the latest on those numbers for you. Are you a Swiftie, Trey? I am not. <laughs> This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Telling you what you want to hear since 2015. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. It is time for the morning bell, and the stock market has been on fire all week. Uh, futures are in the green on this Friday, so we are expecting uh, some more big numbers today. And I know we have some family members who hate when we get on a little bit of a Taylor kick, but I promise you this is business news. I will say uh, good on her. They had some deadly tornadoes roll through uh, near Nashville this last week, and she donated a million dollars to the Tennessee Emergency Response Fund. So she is a good and kind-hearted person, and I love her. But uh, for one Kansas City boutique, they are struggling just to keep up. And I don't know how they knew this, but weeks ago, somebody in her camp ordered several uh, vintage sweatshirts from a boutique called West Side Story. That's S-T-O-R-E-Y. Uh, in a, a boutique in Kansas City and somehow they kind of like knew they were like this is her this is her this is her and so they've literally been tuning in to every Chiefs game to think is she going to wear our shirt oh my gosh and I can't <laughs> like that's a fun thing right yeah. and then, um, so I guess they actually found out before she appeared on TV this last week wearing one of these vintage sweatshirts because someone saw her at the game and they said it's her she's wearing the shirt we won the lottery and sure enough they did because they said um, during the Chiefs game they typically they can tell how many people are on their website at one point and they said they typically have like five to ten people on the website and they were consistently having 400 people on the website at a time and they said the vintage sweatshirt uh shop has seen 500 percent 600 percent and today which i believe is a couple days after the game a thousand percent over our typical sales 
Well, you know, we were kind of joking about me being an influencer earlier. Here since, you go. You know, I was influencing members of the Wake Up family to purchase Nerds gummy clusters. And iced coffee. And iced coffee. Melissa did say she liked my Christmas sweater, so we're all influencing this morning. But it matters, right, Hannah? I mean, well, you see somebody, I bought a purse that Taylor Swift carried in a picture. I was going to say, was influenced. on TikTok, which I spend too much time on, mm-hmm. but you see lots of small businesses who might have a product go viral on TikTok, and for such a small business, the amount of orders that they get is super overwhelming Mm -hmm. and so they struggle to keep up with that demand and initially and then all of that dies down because you know that's how the internet works you know things get really hot for five minutes and then die out so they have all this extra inventory at the end of the you know craze that they're stuck with and a lot of small businesses have gone under because they went viral which seems backwards Mm-hmm. But it's happening to a lot of small businesses. Well, Stephanie, Missouri's not the only state getting kind of lambasted with the Taylor Swift. Oh, yeah? With the Taylor Swift fever, so to speak. Taylor Swift proposal tears Pennsylvania legislature apart is a headline. Oh, boy. Is this like a cashew chicken debate? It feels like it. House <laughs> Resolution 282 passed with 103 yeses and 100 nays to name 2023 the Taylor Swift era. Aww, that's cute. We don't need to give our legislators any ideas. All right, up next, winners and losers. Text us what you got, 573-874-9390. Watch the gang on our Facebook or YouTube channel. Find us at Wake Up Mid Missouri. Now for nominees for the winners and losers of the week. You can play too. Text us at 573-874-9390 with your winners and losers of the week. We've got, I think a winner is Cody Schrader, right? He uh, won, what is this I'd thing he won, so. John? Help me out. <laughs> well, the, the, the big thing right now is he was named a consensus All-American, which is, gosh, I think we've only had like 14 or 15 consensus All-Americans in the entire history of the Mizzou football program. So. But you said there were some Mid-Missourians on the list. Yeah, there's, well, uh, going back in years past, we had Jeremy Macklin who was on there. I mean, uh, Justin Smith, the big standout from the Jays. And the ones that are on it right now, because they went, you know, second and third teams, uh, Chris Abrams Drain and Luther Burden the third made the second All American team. And then on third team, offensive lineman Javon Foster made that one as well. But Cody getting the big one, consensus first team All American. That's I, pretty cool. Yeah. I also saw some news and I know we covered it when he was, um, when he, there were some stories about the NIL legislation and Cody Schrader and how he's been partnering with some local businesses. And I know he's expected to give a talk. Um, with CrossFit Virus, which I know is one of the ones mentioned in the article, and he's giving a talk on exploring faith, football, and fitness. And I think I saw that on Facebook if you're interested. Um, but I think that's interesting too, watching these players really, um, I, I think a lot of people hope that they get these big national deals. Um, but the impact of our local players on local businesses and those partnerships, I think will continue to make an impact in mid-Missouri. And I'm, I'm excited to see those types of relationships grow. Brian. 
You got anybody for winners and losers of the week? No losers of the week. Uh, I've got uh, three winners. I want to nominate uh, all of our listeners and sponsors um, that uh, really came forward. I was out at the Columbia Mall. I know Hannah was in Jefferson City. Many of us out there for the food bank, the food drive. More than $56,000 raised uh, this week. And that number continues, yes. Thank you, Mid-Missouri. Yes, it's just tremendous. In this economy and, and people struggling, uh, I gave the example, a woman on disability, a homeless woman came by and donated. She's literally homeless, $25, uh, which is just absolutely incredible. Um, we appreciate that. Uh, second, I want to uh, nominate a guy named Michael who works at the AT&T store. I always have some issues with my phone. Because <laughs> Are they, are they all issues with the phone, Brian? Yeah, or are they user yeah, issues? I think a little bit of both, you know. So, but uh, Michael, t- Michael takes good care of me, so I, pr- I appreciate that. And last but not least, I'll, I'll throw this name out here. Uh, and a lot of our fans will remember, some may not. Joe Buck actually did at least one season of Mizzou. John will remember this of Mizzou basketball. I'm going from, from memory, I was in college. It was 1992, 91 and 92. He worked with Mike Kelly, and uh, and he is going to be, and of course he's gone on to bigger things, obviously, at the national level, Fox Sports, ESPN now, but he is going to be inducted into the Missouri Broadcasters Hall of Fame coming up in May. I know some people don't like him. I've heard criticism, but others do. But uh, that is a pretty huge achievement. Uh, Joe that is Buck, cool. It, Good it, for Joe. It is. And well he'll be deserved. Nominated and, and obviously not just nominated, but inducted uh, coming up. So congratulations to Mr. Buck. Wonderful. Well, Trey, who you got for winners and losers? Winners and losers. I mean, got to include myself in the winners column. Mizzou students <laughs> today Yay. ending the semester, hopefully on a high note. Uh, last day of finals is You said today. you still have a paper due? I do. I have a paper due and at 1159 with... tonight. But... <laughs> and you're hanging out with us. Oh, you got plenty oh, it's of time. A, it's a, I just need to make a couple edits. It's almost ready. Just need to do the last kind of polishing bits well, on there. good luck to everyone else out there who is finishing <laughs> up finals. As far as losers go, I, I wish I could be as positive as Brian and not have a loser of the week, but unfortunately I do. And it's Hunter Biden defying a subpoena, now faces contempt of Congress charges or a hearing or Mm -hmm. whatever that is. I'm sure the (laughs) lawyer in the room could tell us more if she wants to. Yeah, I think he's facing contempt charges and we'll see what comes next. But hopefully I'm with Mark, who earlier on the show said, um, you know, that we should have full transparency on these Hunter Biden docs. I think we need to know. Absolutely. All of it. All right, John, who you got for winners and losers? I actually have a couple winners. How about Cole County EMS, the emergency medical services who are involved with the Marine Corps League uh, Reserve, Marine Corps Reserve, rather, Toys for Tots all across mid-Missouri. And they were trying to raise enough toys to fill up four ambulances. They took it one better, 58 boxes, and they were able to fill six ambulances with toys. Phew. Wow. Nudie kids, uh, you know, needy kids all across mid-Missouri. That's great. And the other one, how about uh, Jefferson City High School and Capital City High School's uh, vocal and instrumental music classes who put on their Capital Caroling again this year. One of the year. best events of the year. 
which will re-air on Christmas Eve on KWS at 7 o'clock on Christmas Day at noon. And it sounded it sounded absolutely fantastic. Hey, heads, head, the hat's off another one to our engineering staff who engineered that and spent their whole day over at the Capitol setting that up because they did a heck of a job. They did a heck of a job. Steve Morse leading that did a great job, no doubt. Well, and we're, while we're talking about toys, I do want to give a shout-out and name as a winner, listener Chris, who let me know in Centralia, uh, there's uh, some local folks who set up the Christmas store and that actually allows individuals to come in and shop for uh things that they might need that they otherwise couldn't get so um it's always nice to see so many uh generous folks out there in the community Mm -hmm. so if you're in centralia check that out um i'm going to nominate tim for winner of the week because he was really sucking up this morning on the texter we asked you know what's the best thing under a hundred dollars that you've gotten in the last year and he said of course headphones and earbuds so when you walk you can listen to the eagle and kwos and so if if you got some sign him up (laughs) if you got some wake up family members in your life i think that's something that uh they would appreciate in stockings is a new pair of headphones so hannah who's on your list uh, my winners of the week are the Wake Up family members who purchased Nerds Gummy Clusters <laughs> <laughs> on their way into work this morning. I know Those are Hannah fan club members. Yeah, it was Great. Ricky and Randy, for sure. They texted us saying that they were going to be making pit stops on the way into work. Um, and I can officially add influencer to my resume. So <laughs> definitely, awesome. I guess I have to nominate myself for loser of the week um, for clicking on a prohibited link during the middle of <laughs> <laughs> not so, just a prohibited, a link, really bad. Pro- I've already tattled pro- <laughs> on myself to engineering. I swear this newsletter has links, and when you click on it, usually it there links over go. to their now website. Now we know where the porn bots came from. And <laughs> and I if you, made a mistake. And if you check out the. Uh, uh, Twitter from our good friend influence, I, I mean producer Hannah, yeah. she has already posted the cl- the clip. Alright, well something I haven't gotten to yet, but I think I'm going to nominate these people for Losers of the Week, and I'm going to say anybody who is opposing education reform. Yesterday I had the opportunity to visit um, my friends at the Show Me Institute. They do a lot around educational freedom. It's been a priority for many, many years, and I've been getting onto their website lately to explore and they have basically aggregated the data from Desi, and they're doing the work that we would hope that Desi does, but doesn't. Um, and they're aggregating just government data onto a really helpful website called MoSchoolRankings.org. And I do sit on their um, lower-level advisory board, so just FYI. But I'm a, I've been a huge fan. I was a huge fan before I got a little bit more involved. But this data is really helpful, and they um, they aggregate all sorts of uh, stuff that Desi has, and then they give each uh, school district a rating. Uh, a GPA, some number out of 4.0, and then a ranking out of 552. Mm. And I'm going to say it's not a pretty picture for Midmo, really. Stephanie, how's your lovely Southern Boone doing? It's doing better than Columbia. So Columbia is at 326th out of 552, mm. a GPA of 1.5. Jefferson City, slightly better, a GPA of 1.6 out of 4.0, which I think is still failing, right? Is it fail? Yeah, I think so. Uh, ranking 289 out of 552. Southern Boone, 1.8, which is still failing out of a 4.0, but the ranking goes up at 100, ranking 190th. Hey, out of breaking top 200. That's something to be proud 552. of. 552. What about um, Centralia? The Shining Star, well, should we get... I'm going to catch so much grief from our friend Scott Fawn for this because the shining star, of course, Uh-oh. is Blair Oaks. Mm. 
Blair Oaks has a 2.8 GPA, and they are uh-huh. ranked actually 12th out of 552, so a winner there. Let me check Centralia. It's not technically in alphabetical order. So you should really get on this website, though, mostschoolrankings.org. You can not only, like, zoom by map, which is what I've done, so I'm seeing everybody in central Missouri. You can filter by year, and you can filter by some other things, legislative districts, so you can really find out a lot, especially if you've got kids in the in those age brackets and you want to search Centralia, Centralia, Hannah. Stephanie, so you gotta slow. move the map. <laughs> you're, you're not looking at Centralia. North, it's oh, north, north of, of Columbia. Columbia. I'm trying. I'm trying. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Centralia. Oh, do, well, not oh, as no. good as Southern Boone. Of course. 1.6 GPA, ranking 289th out And how of five, about Hallsville? 152. Hallsville, oh, just above that. 228th out of 552. But still, not a really great picture. And so, you're thinking, you know, why can't we get open enrollment? Why does your zip code determine where your, your school can go? And, you know, I, I'm sure we can dig... And if you click on these, you can dig down into the details of why your school might not be... Um, performing the best of course it's an aggregate so it talks about you know english language arts scores mathematics scores and then it talks about um four-year graduation act scores so you might not care about some of that stuff you might say i don't really care that the act score is low you know i'm worried about these other things or whatever so you know but it's a good informational site especially when you're trying to assess your own school but anyway this is a long way of getting back to it's not the data is not good for Missouri, and we've actually been losing uh, losing ground in comparison with other states since COVID. And I think it's high time for education reform. And I wonder what Hallsville's uh, new superintendent is going to do about our their school rankings. Uh, you know, I don't know about a whole. We'll have to we'll have to see. But I will tell you, Stephanie, as you as you mentioned that there's a woman who ran for office here in Missouri, and I'm sure you know her. Her name is Jess Piper. A Democrat in insert eye roll emoji. <laughs> there, this morning she's been tweeting all over her Twitter pages about that's school, all she does. Yeah, school, school choice. But this is what this is. But again, this is a this is this, she has a big following, and certainly you know this is the position of people that would disagree with you, Stephanie. I'm just going to read it because this is the other the other viewpoint. She writes this quote: "School choice is a misnomer." This is on Twitter 36 mi- uh, minutes ago. Quote: "School choice is a." misnomer because there is no choice in rural Missouri. School choice um, implies that a school will open in my town of 480 people. That is not likely and we are left with, just left with defunded public schools in rural Missouri and then she links to some other things that tells people to call their lawmakers. So there are people who disagree on that. It has to do with the um, that's Jess Piper, a former legislative candidate. It has to do with um, I want to say over it's, it's over thirty thousand right right now. Mm-hmm. The, and, and Cherie Tolson Reich is is trying to change that, but but um, you know we'll we'll see what happens. But the, the school choice is an interesting issue. It gets people worked up on both sides. Well, she, I think we're going to be hearing a lot about it coming up in the twenty twenty four session. She reminds me of the uh, Saturday Night Live clip of a couple. Oh, it's been a couple of years now, but they had Sarah Palin being done by Tina Fey, and it was, I decided to take a break from my full-time career of posting things on Facebook, <laughs> and I'm like, oh. I, I think that is her full-time per- career, and someone did point out that she's got all this campaign cash, and she's paying herself, like, out of her campaign 
basically for her to lit, I guess, all of her bills. Because so she, she was a teacher. Yeah, but now yeah. she just pays herself her campaign funds and then sits and trolls on Twitter all day. I don't uh, I don't know the specifics. I, I know one time she was going to come on the show. Um, <laughs> in, 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 you know, um, so it would be interesting. It would be mm. nice to hear a different perspective. Um, one of our listeners would. But again, I think, think it's always good whether you have somebody on that has a different viewpoint, whether it's her or somebody else, yeah. at least here, there. Yeah, do you want to read the text of the last time we had Barbara Buffalo on? Oh, I, <laughs> I, I, I recall that, yeah. Um, occasionally, if I interview the mayor, I'll, I'll take criticism that I interviewed the mayor, but she is the mayor. I mean, you know, so, uh, but we haven't had Ron um, since her Dubai, her Dubai trip with, uh, with the, the, you know. Debriefer on Dubai. Dubai. It's, it's about time. We're going to have to do that at some point. So I agree with Brian. I like talking to people with different uh, perspectives even if we if we disagree i think uh it's always good to just hear it straight from them so maybe we'll invite uh jess on the show but next we are going to do all of the things we didn't get to yet and that is leftovers this is wake up mid-missouri this is Mid-Missouri's official talk show. Wake up, Mid-Missouri. Official talk show. What does that even mean? Official? Time for all those things still sitting in the fridge. If you've still got some Thanksgiving leftovers, now would be the time to throw those away. Trey, what's on your list? You know, uh, one of the ones I'm watching closely, I'm a big proponent of nuclear power and nuclear energy. California regulators vote to extend Diablo Canyon nuclear plant operations through 2030. Uh, later licensing through federal regulators will still need to be approved, which expires, I believe, in 25. Good for them. But there's no reason not to. There's zero reason. It's just... Yeah, but that's weird kind of coming out of California, but good. Yeah, a pleasant surprise. (laughs) A pleasant surprise. John, what's sitting in your fridge? Well, this is kind of a neat story that's out there, and it it shoots one of your excuses all to heck this time of year. When you tell the guy at the Salvation Army Red Kettle, sorry, yeah, I I don't carry any cash. Now they're adding yet another technology so you can donate digitally. You can put your credit card right up to a spot on the kettle. And it'll ask you if you want to take out five, ten, or twenty bucks. And they've already added Venmo and PayPal and Google Pay and Apple Pay and QR codes right there. So your, your excuses. Sorry, Mr. Kettle Guy, I don't have any cash. Ain't going to fly anymore. That's smart for them, though. Are they seeing an uptick in? Yeah, they said even locally. I know they're talking about. Gosh, what is it for Mid-Missouri? It's over $400,000, their goal. They're about halfway there, and they said donations have been up this year. Wow. That's great news. Well, I was watching this Florida story. Uh, Christian, I think it's Ziegler, he's the Florida party chair, and he has been accused of rape and is under all sorts of um, accusations. And I guess there's a meeting coming uh, where the party officials might get together and actually launch an investigation and maybe call for his resignation. But ahead of that, apparently Florida politics is reporting that he wants a multi-million dollar buyout to step down as Florida GOP chair. So every time I look at our situation and our infighting, it's it's kind of nice to know that 
it's happening in other states as it's well. It's not just us. It's not just us. Although this guy is under some serious accusations. And right now with DeSantis and everything, Florida is really an important place for Republicans. And so I hate, I actually do hate to see that they're in such turmoil because we're going to need them, um, you know, to do what they do for DeSantis if he ultimately is the nominee. Dang, Stephanie, taking us down, on down a notch Sorry. on a feel-good Friday. <laughs> feel-good Friday. Well, I think, I mean, ultimately, I think they probably should get rid of that guy, and I don't think they should pay him any money, and then we can just move on with our lives, and that's what I'd like to see, but we should really just get on with our uh, nerds conversation, right? So if you were wondering what you should ask for Santa for in your stocking, everyone on Wake Up in Missouri agrees. Hannah, we got any nerd clusters left? Uh, no. <laughs> That's because Gary Nolan ate them all. Or was it Brian Hansen? They've been hanging out this morning near producer Hannah. I think I saw them both munching on some nerd clusters as they're preparing <laughs> to get amped for the Gary Nolan show, which is up next. Happy Friday, y'all. See ya.